The Bear Media Podcast Network is proud to call United Harvest our primary sponsor. Founded by farmers and ranchers, United Harvest brings the finest meats directly to your door via internet and overnight delivery. United Harvest pays qualifying ranchers more than 75% above market prices to procure their top cattle. Owning their own butcher shop, cuts are carefully crafted, vacuum sealed, and flash frozen for ultimate freshness after a 14-day wet age process. Unique to United Harvest is their grass-raised cattle that are finished on cold potatoes, creating an amazing buttery flavor that is unmatched. In addition to their premium cattle, many with Krebs Ranch genetics, United Harvest offers Hooterite pork raised by whole communities committed to pork excellence. Anderson Ranch's grass-fed Oregon lamb and Masami Japanese American Wagyu Angus Cross cattle are also on the menu. I am offering you 15% off of this all of these products, okay? Go to unitedharvest.com. Go to their little promo code tab. Type in friends15, friends15. Get 15% off. We guarantee you will fall in love with these meats. Please go to unitedharvest.com today. What am I going to do, quit? That's not an option. You got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it. You make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. Welcome back to Legendary Mindset. I'm your host, Jake P. Richardson. And this week's episode is another post sort, and it is with our judges from Kansas City. Uh, interviewed Jeff Ripley immediately after the show, and then had to catch Steve about a week later, but uh, we got him done. Um, but first up is going to be Jeff Ripley's interview um, after a word from our premier sponsor, which is Biozyme, um, actually Durafirm. And Durafirm is a line of sheep and goat mineral supplements, uh, basically designed to ensure that your herd uh, is receiving optimal digestive health and nutrition, uh, resulting in maximized performance. And, you know, there's a long list of stuff that our livestock need in terms of vitamins and minerals every single day. And, and if, with these products, you can, put, you can stick a tub out there and they get all of them. They like the taste of it. Um, some of their products include uh, the Durafirm Sheep Concept Aid Protein Tub. Uh, they have a Sheep Concept Aid Loose Mineral as well um, with and without heat options, and they have a Durafirm Goat Concept Aid Loose Mineral as well. So if you're interested in learning more about the Durafirm products or where they can find a dealer, um, go ahead and visit Durafirm.com. That's D-U-R-A-F-E-R-M.com. Go on there, find a dealer, and figure out uh, basically what products are going to work for you because they got some good stuff. Uh, but right now, we're going to listen to our Kansas City Post Sort. Here is Jeff Ripley. This is Legendary Mindset with Jake P. And we just got done sorting through and, and watching the American Royal Market Goat Show. And uh, Mr. Jeff Ripley uh, went, went ahead and sorted through those things all day. Um, and we're sitting here with him. And we're just kind of going to talk through uh, those divisions and kind of what he saw for the day. But, but first off, Mr. Ripley, um, what did you kind of expect coming into the American Royal this year? I mean, with all the circumstances going on and, and all the hearsay and not really sure where, uh, if the show's going to happen or, or not. But what did you expect coming in, into this uh, this arena today? Well, I guess first of all, I, I, I expected the show to go on. I've known Glenn Allen Phillips for many years, and I know that uh, he's pretty determined, and 
he said the show was going to go on. So I had a lot of confidence that it was going to happen. I also had a lot of confidence this organization would uh, would have it done right. They'd be professional and they'd do what needed to be done to make the show happen. So I was pretty confident there. Quality-wise, you know, with all these state fairs canceling in the Midwest, I was optimistic that the quality would be good, and uh, certainly from from the very get-go, that was the case. Uh, There wasn't a class where uh, you had to scratch your head and try to find one. There were really, really good ones in every class, so it it was a quality show, as good as I've seen up here uh, at this show in a long time. That was really good. For sure, and and if you could describe, you know, before, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of thought process coming into the show, but was there any time when you thought in your head, you know, this is the picture of the goat that I want to use at American Rail, or this is the kind, or just have a vision in your head of, of what you thought that goat would look like? Well, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm, uh, I'm a, a little bit of a hip fanatic, so I study those goats a lot on a three-quarter view, and I really want to see one that opens up from hooks to pins. I want them to be smooth and balanced when you when they're on the move. I want them to be goats that are really, really wide-based. And, you know, that champion was one that uh, he was so wide-based, and often those goats like that, they don't handle their feet and legs well. They just have a hard time moving about the ring. That one was not that way. To be that wide-based and to be that sound and functional is really unusual. I, I told him that was a really unique one in my mind, to have that much shape that much rack, that huge hip, and just the just the the base width that he offered was was unreal. So, you know, I guess what I have in mind, what I'm looking for, is one that paints a really good picture from the side. That's massive hip. That's got a great touch and a, a big rack and a big loin when you handle them. They don't have to be the thickest one out there, certainly for me, but they've got to be one that's really functional, that's balanced, and gives you a good look from the side. Has enough muscle to go along with it. For sure. Um, but let's go ahead and break down all of our divisions. I think we showed five divisions of goats today. And everybody knows, you know, when the when, when you have a judge and, and you start the day off, everyone kind of goes and watches those first classes or first division to kind of get the feel for the whole entire day. What what, did, what was your feel um, judging the quality off of those goats that came out in those first few classes to you? You know, they, they started off with a bang to me. That first class was, was tremendous. They were little bitty guys, and there were several really good ones in there. And by the time we got to – uh, to the end of that division, there was a goat in there that uh, a little speckled goat had some some uh, freckles on him that was just massive. One of the bigger topped ones, really big hipped. I mean, he wound up in the top five overall coming out of the first division. Uh, he was one that, that uh, uh, when he came in the ring, was just really tall fronted, really, really jacked up in his chest floor, but uh, extremely level, made down his top. His hip was, was tremendous when you studied him from hooks to pins. He was wide made. And, and and uh, then his loin was flawless, and his, his hip loin transition was perfect, uh, which you want to find in those younger goats like that. But he was just phenomenal for his thin, and uh, with as much gas as he's got still in the tank, I thought he was outstanding. And the reserve in that division honestly was not that far behind him. He was a goat that was a little bit lighter, but uh, one that, that I think most people would love to own thinking about going to Texas and Oklahoma later on for sure. You know, then we got Division Two, and when I got when that goat hit the ring, Division Two was over in my mind. There wasn't that, that when you think about the picture and what you want to find. When that Division Two uh, goat walked in the ring, I was like, "Yep, that that one's going to be hard to turn." And you also rest easy because at that point you're big enough that that's a goat that you can put a banner behind and you feel comfortable that that one's good enough. And and you know, it just makes the rest of the show really fun. You're not 
uneasy wondering if you're going to find one because that one was I found him pretty quick and he was as good a goat as, as walked in the ring today in my opinion the division two champion division two reserve was an awful nice goat wasn't quite as smooth uh, you know that that division two champion was he was similar to the lightweight division in terms of his last rear back Super level, super wide, really, really attractive in terms of the way he was built out his hip. But that one was so bold and massive in his forerib and so cracked open underneath that uh, it was a lot of fun to, to find him that quick in Division Two. And, and know that when I went, we went to the lunch break after Division Two, you know, we're fine. Mm -hmm. we're, we've got one we can hang a banner behind. So that was a lot of fun. <clears throat> Division Three was another one. That uh, I think you know when when he came in, he was a goat that that I knew pretty quick was going to be um, uh, in contention to win that that division. He was one that I thought was tremendous in terms of his balance and his look, really long sided. He was a really upfronted kind of a goat that uh, that I thought was awfully balanced and attractive. Probably wasn't quite as good in terms of his last rib back as maybe the first two divisions, but still was plenty good there. But he was really big, hipped, really expressive through the center of his leg. One of those that was wide base that uh, that you know was just really functional an awfully good one there mm -hmm. out of division three division four was uh, uh, another one that was uh, super massive big 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 stout footed kind of a goat that was just opened up and probably of the first four divisions was the biggest in the center of his body I talked about him a little bit as maybe one that wasn't quite as extended, not quite as exotic in the front third of his skeleton as a couple of those other goats. He was as functional. He was, you know, carcass quality was as good as anything that had been in the ring. Maybe just didn't have that extra wow factor that we had in Division Two and that we were going to see in Division Five when they came in. But there was no question that was a goat in my mind that was in contention and that could could get in there and play. And then Division Five came in and. You know, that's we talked about him being the, the, the champion goat, just tremendous in terms of his uh, wow factor, really, really unique, one of those that's just impossible to make. You just don't find goats like that, and uh, if you do, they're usually intact and, and breeding does. So it's unique to see a, a weather like that walk in the ring that had that much power and that much base width and still held it all together in a really, really good package. For sure. And when you just looked at that champion drive lineup for there from the side, you know, all those goats balanced good. They were all attractive. And like you said, you're kind of a hip freak, and, and that was really important to you. Um, but when you try and put goats together like that, a lot of times you run into, you know, not having enough muscle. But I think at this platform and this level, you know, you were still able to find goats that had plenty of muscle and plenty of stoutness that still kind of met that quota from the side, would you say? Absolutely. And, you know, and, and you're absolutely right. Sometimes when you get those really big hipped ones, they want to flatten out a little down low. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty particular about that. I want goats to have some shape through their stifle. I want them to have a little shape down low. I think that's important. So, you know, that, that width up high needs to be three-dimensional for me and I felt like that champion drive the goats that were out there and still a lot more that went back to the barn that you know were second third fourth in class but maybe didn't quite get back out there were still a lot of quality so yeah the the depth here I thought was really good there was a couple of classes uh, throughout the day where you were 10 11 deep and still finding really good goats goats that have got some future in them definitely definitely and um as a judge, I mean, you've judged lots of big shows before, you know, all over the place, um, but this one was different. Um, what was it like standing inside that ring and sorting those goats, and then when you take a look at the crowd, everyone's got a mask on, and no one is close by the ring or hanging over the edge. Was, was that a different experience? 
to witness for you? It was. It was a little surreal, I guess, to see that. And, you know, I'm just so proud of the, the people that came because they did what we needed to do. And I, I know that, you know, there were some times they had to be chastised a little, but uh, th- this is so important for these kids to have this opportunity. So I'm proud of the people that were able to do that. And, you know, it, I think it does take away from the atmosphere a little bit of a stock show and maybe, uh, you know, it, it was a little different this year with the livestock being upstairs and we're, we're judging them downstairs instead of being right there. So there weren't quite as many people ringside and uh, making as much noise as normal. But uh, it was still an, uh, there was a lot of excitement certainly around the ring. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I think hopefully we won't do this again. Hopefully there won't yeah. be another show where we're all wearing masks. But if that's what we got to do to have a stock show, I'll wear two masks, whatever we have to do. Absolutely. I love that. And, you know, you walk around these barns and everyone's kind of complaining, you know, we have to wear masks. But, you know, I love that when people say that whatever we got to do to make it show, you know, we'll, we'll put up with the, damn near about anything to let this happen. Absolutely. I, this is, I raised my kids doing this. I grew up doing this. Uh, you know, it's, there's seniors that if we cancel a bunch of shows, they're missing out on a lot of opportunities that they can't, they can't get back. So whatever we have to do, I am 100% behind that. And, and I truly, I don't just say it, I truly mean it. Whatever we have to do, I will do, and I hope everybody else will also. I think this show honestly uh, set the tone and gives us a chance to be successful in Texas and Oklahoma and some of the other shows that are coming up by being able to pull this off, this one and the State Fair in Dallas, being able to pull those off and to have the shows, I think, gives us hope that we'll have our winter and spring shows that are coming up. Definitely, definitely. And did they let you pick a third overall goat today? I did. Yeah, we picked a third. Well, we actually picked a top five. So all those goats were awfully good in, in my mind. I thought our third overall was uh, came out of that third division and was one that was extremely balanced. That one was a freak when you put your hands on him. Maybe not quite as, as jack-fronted as the two that we used for champion in reserve. Not quite that unique in terms of his build and his front third. But, boy, he had a as good and as square a rack and loin in him as anything that we touched all day. I thought he was awfully good. Uh, both of those goats out of that division, I used both of them up relatively high in the overall uh, selection at the end so that was a really good division that third division just didn't have maybe that that really really exotic unique one coming out of there but it was a lot of fun to sort that division so uh, as we kind of finish up this little interview what was the most rewarding moment of the day for you uh, inside the ring as the judge if you could reflect back a little you know, bit I, I guess uh, it, it's always rewarding when you see there's several young kids that that uh, this clearly was one of their first times in the ring. Clearly they'd spent a lot of time uh, working with their goats and spent a lot of time getting them ready and and doing that sort of thing. But uh, it was after the show was over, there was a little bitty girl that had showed goats to me all day, showed me two or three goats and uh, had done a great job, you know, and she, I would talk to her in the ring and and she would listen and nod her head, but I had no idea. And her parents came up and and she is uh, a, severely autistic I had no idea and and, you know they were just talking about how much this meant to her and how this really built her confidence and what it meant to them as a family so you just can't you know those are great deals yeah Yeah. absolutely no doubt um well thank you Jeff for um, making it up here and sorting through those things all day I'm sure you're ready to get home and you know see your family and, and get back to the swing of things what's next for you well, we've got uh, hopefully some spring shows in Texas. You know, some I've got a few more little ones that we'll be judging and some spring shows around Texas. Hopefully, 
superintendent at Austin and be able that that'll be towards the end of the show season and if we can get that far I've got confidence that we will I'll be the superintendent there and just continue on so uh, we're uh, breeding right now getting ready to have a, a bunch of kids next year so uh, going to stay in this industry and stay in this business and be involved in it hopefully for many many years to come. Perfect. Well, thank you for sitting down and, and talking to these goats with us, Mr. Ripley. It was, it was very nice of you. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. And, and again, you know, the, the American Royal needs to be given a tremendous amount of credit for what they've done, and I just appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you, sir. You bet. Legendary Mindset will return after a word from our sponsors. United Harvest procures the finest meats from the finest ranchers, farmers, and butchers. Many of you know the difference between farm-raised and store-bought meat. I can tell you right now, I've had these steaks, and they are the most superior cuts of steaks you'll ever have, I promise. By offering the highest quality ag products directly to consumers, United Harvest is able to both bypass middlemen, pushing profits back to the American farmer and rancher, and providing the highest quality meats to you. No cold cows here. Please go to unitedharvest.com and type in the discount code FRIENDS15, FRIENDS15, to enjoy 15% off your first order. That's again, Friends 15. Ladies and gentlemen, these are premium meats with a company paying nearly twice the market price to cattlemen for their finest cattle. I promise you will be impressed. Rule Supplements, the boldest supplement company on the market. What they lack in grace and poise, they make up for in originality and results. Their motto is, results matter because results are the driving factor in this industry. And no one ever talks about the fifth place you am. Their product line has your livestock covered with solutions for joint health as well as reproductive performance for all species. The most, their most popular products are Thick, Shredded R, The Formula, and Stretton. These products alone or combined have fed many of the nation's champions this year. The Grand Uitic Zarbin, Indiana Stock Show, and Indiana State Fair were all fed Shredded R in the formula. The Grand Lamb at California Youth Expo, the Kentucky Livestock Expo, added Stretton to expand their lead. The list goes on for our customer success, which also includes the Wisconsin Livestock Expo and the Kansas, Iowa, Missouri, Colorado, and Tulsa State Fairs. There are more results than that, including, most recently, the Grand Champion Lamb at the American Royal. But they would love to share them, but they only have one minute, so follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Use coupon code JakePeas for $5 off your order. Results matter. And I'm sitting here with Steve Sturtz, and he has just got done judging the, the Kansas City American Royal. And a week or two ago, he judged the Georgia National Goat Show. Um, but, S Steve, it's October. What, is, what does your October look like right now? Because I know you don't have a whole lot of free time. It's pretty busy. We are uh, on the road a lot and doing a lot of, uh, of AI and, and uh, reproductive stuff and then flushing a lot at the house. So it's a... It's, uh, it's pretty full till Thanksgiving, to be honest, and then it gets pretty pretty full then again till the middle of December. So, definitely, was the your trip to Georgia and your trip to Kansas City probably your only little break you get in this yeah, this whole season? That was my break. Yep, for sure. There you go. So that trip up to Georgia was the first part of kind of what we're going to talk about. And so the Georgia Nationals, the way they do their sheep and goat shows is they have a two-year contract. So you judged it last year, and you go again to judge it this year for the last time, but. Do you think um, people maybe figured out how to hit you harder this year or maybe word got out about what you like or, or, or did it get tougher con um, compared to the first time you judged it maybe? Yeah, I thought it did. I was impressed with uh, the quality. Um, I thought that the, uh, the, the job that the people did and the kids did feeding for me, uh, whether it was selection and feeding and just having the goats right in the ring, it just seemed like 
the whole group hit me a little harder this year than last year, and I thought the quality was, was sure up. So I think the way Georgia works is they sh we show does the first day and then market goats the next day. So that doe show is pretty tough. I mean, the, the weather show is extremely competitive as well, but um, that doe show is pretty exciting because it's slick. They don't show them with any hair on their bodies. They're all driven, and it seems like everyone sends some of their best keeper does there. Uh, and there was four divisions of them. Uh, if we can kind of describe, you know, that, that champion you used um, there in the doe show and kind of what made her stand out to you, I believe it was that smaller spot back little doe, that little freaky yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, it was a division two doe, and, and uh, she came in the ring and uh, – in class and I she just really you know she hit me she was really cool fronted and she had a lot of substance and a lot of feature to her and and yet was uh, feminine and you know really tied together uh, well in her skeleton just skeletally she was really correct she had balance and then to top it off she had some terminal side to her there was some muscle to her and she really uh, she really just met my hand and eye to the best, but particularly my eye at first. And then as you go through the show, you're kind of, when you find one like that early, you, you most of the time you think, well, there'll probably be a big one that'll be just like her or that good. And it just seemed like every class I was comparing everything to her. And, and you know, as a judge, you, you know, you try to block it out of your mind and you don't worry about it until you get them back out there. And I didn't, you know, we judged the classes and went through them. But then when we get them back out there and I look, I said, well, I thought, well, she walked in for the division or for the, in her division for the champion overall. And it was kind of like, well, she still looks really good. And let's see what she stacks up with these others. And to me, she, the others didn't stack up. She, she still had all those things. And she was as good and as I thought she was, but she was better to me than anything out there as far as putting the most pieces together for a, a market dough show that, you know, you, you have to put some market stuff in them, but I, I still want them to be feminine. I still want them to be females. And so uh, I thought she was, she was sure the one. Definitely. And so Steve, you raise goats and, and you, you know, you flush a lot and you're always trying to make those decisions to make your goats better. When you step in the ring and judge a show, a doe show full of donors like that, they're slick shorn in the back of your head. Do you ever kind of compare them to, to maybe which one that you want the most, the one that you would like to bring home the most, or is it kind of just, you know, more of a show ring perspective, trying to make them look like competitive show goats rather when you get out there? I, I, I definitely, I guess I, I'm trying to find the best one that I think fits what I think is pertinent right now. And, you know, to those things, obviously, when you're looking at does, the skeleton and, and the structure and that balance is – is key and then having some femininity and then like I said that terminal side so she was she was exceptional and I couldn't see you know you're always going to compare something to one that's exceptional like that no matter what you're doing or who, how you're doing it or whether you're on the outside of the ring or the inside of the ring but as far as judging I try not to worry about what I have at home and what's a donor and what's not a donor and you know, it's it's like I say when I judge. Uh, I used to when I judge Sedalia, for instance, in the sheep. Uh, we we didn't have the the information to know the genotype of those animals when we're judging those, and so I'm putting them together, and I'm thinking I'm putting a complete one together, and a lot of these guys maybe want to buy pieces, and so 
it doesn't make sense for me to say this is the one for sure because everybody doesn't need that one. Now, one like that one in the show ring or one like that one, I, I would have a hard time saying that there wasn't a person on the outside saying I would, I'd like to have that one. You know, I'll find the pieces to go with her because she had so many positives about her. And so, I mean, when you get those four divisions out there and you pick her for grand, you're still left with, I think, seven just, you know, freaks um, just in terms of being show goats. Uh, you talked about your reserve extremely highly in the, in the division drive and, and in the grand drive. Uh, how did she hit you and how did she come so closely behind that one you used to win? The, the thing that was unique about her to me is uh, her top side and bottom side of her skeleton were just – really out there she was really tucked up in that chest and really had a lot of curvature to that lower rib a lot of sweep to that upper rib and she was just really uh freaky as far as her body in that she probably wasn't as appealing to me on the move is the one that that won maybe not quite as balanced because of her rear flank and and uh maybe her chest floor compared to her rear flank uh um side view but um she was really her top side of her skeleton was really unique really big in her rack really terminal shape there but yet she was sound and she was really nice out and level out through her uh hip and she she just was uh she was good there was there was several others in there that i thought before they came out that were probably uh, more in contention for reserve than she was uh, the third and fourth overall, both of those does probably uh, I was leaning more towards them before they came out there. But when they came out there and I pieced them all together, there was just something about her that, that was extra unique and those extra good pieces that she had in those areas to me were uh, excellent enough that I thought she needed to get the reserve manner. So, so uh the decision for third and fourth and fifth, actually, you know, Georgia gives you a top five uh, to pick from. Kind of how did you factor those, the rest of those does in the drive? And I think your third overall was the red one uh, that came out next. How did she hit you, and how did she compare to those, you know, the fourth and fifth uh, that you eventually chose? Okay, I'm, I'm, I may be wrong. I think the red one was fourth, red maybe. Fourth? I think so. I may have used a different one for third, and then the fifth was the one that was reserved behind the red one. But either way, I, I think you try to – you try to fit the does you used all day and you try to fit the criteria and the one that, you know, fits the most of that criteria um, you're talking about. I know before I've gotten to the champion drive and I said, well, I, I keep talking about these things. And when I keep talking about these things, this one hits more of those things that I've been talking about all day. And, and sometimes it's the difference in leg set. Sometimes it's maybe the difference in body shape. Sometimes it may be the difference in, in feature and in bone and stoutness. Um, and so I think when you look at all those things you're looking for and you weigh it all together, uh, it's like I've told people before in livestock judging and even showmanship judging, it's all subjective. And when you find that one that hits that top five criteria you have, and hits it the most well that's going to be your winner and then the second most and third most and I think that you just have to go down the line that way as you're selecting your third fourth fifth however however far they want you to select down so and I believe the next day you guys got into the weather show and Georgia's famous for especially their goat show being so extremely tough you know it's not terminal 
a lot of those top five every year go and win big shows. So in every division, it seems like there are freaks and, and heaters and ones that are of the highest quality. Um, when that first division walks in that day of the weather show, what, what's, in your high, what's in your head about maybe your expectations for the rest of the day? Well, I haven't judged it before. I, I probably had similar expectations. You always hope as a judge when you go back that the next year, because the quality of animals should get better, hopefully the quality feeders get better. And then as we talked earlier, if they've seen you judge, hopefully they've done their studied their lesson and done their homework, and the, there's going to be more of those uh, within that pool that are going to be up towards the top or, or your decisions are going to be harder because there's going to be more quality up towards the top. And, and I think that that happened and I try not to anticipate too much. I try to just, uh, make, uh, make my decisions based on the class and what I have to look f through. And then as the show goes on, um, you know, make, make decisions. Sometimes when you get into classes that are weaker or divisions that are weaker, you sometimes may give and take in places, but fortunately um, at Georgia this year, I, I was—I I didn't really have to, to me, get off a keel or, so to speak, get off a keel. I was able to find animals that fit that same pattern, that same mold throughout the classes, throughout divisions, and especially when you get divisions out there, it's, it's always interesting to get your class winners and your seconds back out there and compare them. And when I, I looked at my class winners and seconds in divisions, a lot of times I really like my class winners based on balance and structure and skeleton and being able to move. And my seconds probably were – some of those may even have had more muscle than my first, but they may not have that balance factor. They may not have moved quite as well. But then it allows you to be able to get two from those four, five, six classes, however many classes per division. I think there's five or six, but I believe five. It allows you to get two animals that are very similar. And then when you go to the next level and you get those out in divisions, it is so neat to just watch them stair step up. And in my mind, they do. People looking on the outside, I hope they saw what I did. But but it just seemed like they stair stepped up and it was a balanced good structured, good skeleton goat that had some terminal shape, that had some cutability, and they just continued to get bigger as we got in the classes bigger. And it doesn't happen all that way if you don't have the quality, but I felt like at Georgia it did happen that way. And, you know, just from being outside that show ring, looking in, every one of them division winners matched up, and they were all extremely high quality. And I thought it was extremely tough out there. Um, but when you when you did sit step back and look at that drive, uh, just what was going through your head about what you were going to use? Did you have a pretty good idea after sorting through the divisions, or was there one that stuck out to you just easily? Maybe even the first time you saw him. Well, in the market goat show, the the two the Grand Reserve stuck out to me as far as you know being market ready, being ready that day. You know I love the first division as far as a prospect goat and thinking, man, down the road, this one's going to be, you know, I wish I had him on feed if my kids were showing. And the one in second, I believe, or in the second division, I believe, ended up third overall. Uh, still thought there was a lot of future in that goat. He was a little closer to ready, but he wasn't ready like the, the, the big goat and then the reserve, the red goat. And to me, it, it was down. I mean, I was 99% sure when I went out there, those two goats are the goats that were going to be 
going against each other, and I wanted to get them next to each other or sideways anyway to, to see which one was going to be your grand and then reserve. And then and then from there, to me, the third, fourth, and fifth, you know, just are kind of common sense, the ones that are next in line and, and most like those in, in those areas that you – or those qualities that you've been looking for. So so just, uh, just from being around a show ring and in the barn and you hear people kind of discussing, you know, their predictions of what a judge is going to do or, or how a class should have gone, and oftentimes you'll hear people say, you know, well, I thought this one paired up with that one better to win and, you know, this and that. Do you ever find yourself looking to pair two animals up at all, or is it just, you know, let's find the best one, and then if the second best one's completely different, we'll still use them. But, but pairing animals up, does that ever cross your mind or become important to you? There's times that I, I do pair animals up. If there's two, you know, high-quality ones that have a lot of similar traits, it's easy to pair those up and go with them. But I'm not afraid if there's one in there that, that's a high-quality animal that maybe – is a little different in certain areas than two. I, I've never been one of those guys that, well, that one's got to go first or third. Um, and I, I, I just don't think, I don't conform to that. I think that you can have two quality animals be first and second and not be exactly alike. And it's kind of why I said what I did about the first and seconds in a lot of those classes. A lot of times the seconds weren't just like my first, but they were the next high quality animal and they had some traits about them that made them even better maybe than my first but they didn't put all those things together in a way so I don't I don't worry about it I do I do want there to be some consistency when I get to the end if the quality is there where I can go back out there and I can see them stair step up as I said and just get bigger and have some some commonalities about them that people from the side can see and then Hopefully after the show, if they get to handle them, they can even hone in more and see, yeah, I see what he was talking about. If this one didn't look like this, look how he handled. This is why he was where he was. Yeah. It definitely makes people – it makes it easier for people to agree with you when, you know, you're consistent all day and, and always kind of preaching those same things. So when you got in that drive and you discussed it earlier, those two goats, you were 99% sure those were the, the two that you were going to make it towards the top. What's uh, that division four used to, for, to win? What made him so unique that he kind of um, beat that little pair that you had going on there in the driver? Or what's made him you know, separate himself around, next to his counterparts? Well, when, when we put him and the, the red goat that was reserve, you know, they were, I think it were division five and six, actually. Wasn't oh, there six? six? Was divisions? it? Uh, so I don't remember. I don't know. There's too many. Yeah, one, two, three. There's five divisions, maybe. five. There's five goats and six does. But anyway, um, when I got them out there, to me, the, the, the heavyweight, the one that wins it, there was just more bone, more feature. I thought he was higher cut ability. I thought he was leaner over his rib. I thought he was a notch longer uh, in his body and a notch longer in his front. I thought probably the red goat was uh, probably a little more consistent down his top as far as his shape and progressive shape. Um, and I thought he handled real good. Uh, and I thought he looked real good. He could have been to me just a tad longer bodied and he could have maybe been just a tad leaner and a tad bigger boned. And if he'd have been those things, it'd have been, it'd have been even more it had been more difficult to pick which one would have won because with those three things, obviously uh, that probably would have made him be the one that could have, you know, taken grand champion that day. But both the real high-quality goats with those minute differences, but I think they still had 
the same type of body shape, the same type of terminal shape, but yet were neat in their chest floor and yeah. and moved around and and handled themselves on their feet and legs really well. So definitely. So uh, when people bring you that many, you know, high quality ones, does it does it make it easier for you? Because they're because it's more fun, maybe, or is it more difficult just because it's kind of you know the stakes are higher and and it's a little more stressful? Like kind kind of how do you read those shows as they get tougher in your head? Oh, it's definitely easier to judge good livestock for me. I mean, I'd rather be nitpicking and and getting down and having to make those type decisions than trying to find one that's good enough to win. I mean, no doubt about it. Um, it's it's. It's always nice for a judge as far as I'm concerned. I, I think we talked in the podcast, the pre-sort, about a third, a third, and a third, and I, I, I still stick to that is when they first walk in or my first impression, they're, they're going in one of those thirds. They're either in the top third, middle third, or bottom third, and uh, it's nice to have stock that you have in each of those thirds to be able to sort through them because it helps the sorting process for me. Now, it doesn't mean that if you've got, you know, two really good ones and eight really sorry ones that you can't find them, and it's, but, but it makes it more fun to sort and it makes it easier to sort and it makes the flow of the show to me just go much better. And so uh, it's nice when uh, you have quality and, and if you can have that third, a third, a third, if you can have – you know, a class of 15 and five of them be high quality and five of them be pretty nice and the other five be, you know, at least, I guess in that bottom end, a lot of times what I look for is, you know, are the kids feeding them? Are they are they too fat, too thin? Is their hide right? Are they sheared right? You know, little things like that is nice when you get to that bottom end because you feel like that project was taken care of by that kid. And as long as that's the way it is and then five, and that's the only thing is that maybe they didn't have the money to buy one with the genetic pieces. Maybe they didn't have, you know, quite the experience or, or the help to get him where they needed to, but at least they fed him good, they handled him good, they showed him good, and they got him presented good. And that's kind of what you hope for on the bottom end. And if they have that, then that makes the, the show more fun and go quicker. Um, or go easier, I should say. I don't know that a lot of times it's quicker because that high quality on the top end, those decisions sometimes take some time. Um, you try not to take too much time on them, but obviously it does. Now, when you get a lot of quality in, sometimes as a judge, I really get zoned in, and I feel like uh, I don't do the kids justice sometimes because I'm so focused on the animals that I'm not is. Uh, happy, fun, whatever to the kids. I'm not as lighthearted, and so I try to, I try to put that balance in there. It's a lot harder to do with a mask because you can't smile and nobody can see you smiling. Yeah. They don't see your reactions, and it takes a little, little bit of that away. But uh, it is a, it is fun to do. It's just sometimes as a judge, you get so serious about it that you, you hope people understand that you really are having fun because you're serious about it. So. Oh, yeah. So we've talked about that with some other guys on these interviews, but what's that like judging a show? I mean, even Kansas City or Georgia, inside the ring you're wearing a mask, the kids are wearing masks, and your crowd covered in masks and it's no emotions. And what's is, what's that like for you? It's funny because you start reading people's eyes and you start reading people's uh, body language a little more and and it's like i said I, I don't think any of us realize how much we read lips when we're talking to somebody because 
especially when you have from different parts of the 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 country you know the little bit different dialect and you're like hey what, what did they just say <laughs> yeah, yeah did they just cuss at me uh, and, and uh so so it's it, it is different and you know it's funny i i try to i try to have fun with the ring man and the people that are helping me and I, I said, well, one thing about it, after lunch, I don't have to worry about anything's in between my teeth or I don't have to worry about, you know, things like that. But there's a lot of things that there's a lot of uh, facial expressions I'm sure I make, some probably good and some probably bad, that probably help people read. Uh, he likes mine or doesn't like mine, and he doesn't have that anymore. It's got to be just on what I actually, how I actually place them and what I say afterwards. So Definitely. And that's definitely something that, I mean, I look for when, that, when, when we send one in the ring. We, I look at the judge's face, see what emotions, see where his eyes are going, and it definitely makes it a little bit, you know, harder to read what's what he's probably thinking in his head. Um, but kind of on that same topic, walking into Kansas City this year, um, it was just definitely a different vibe. Um, if you've been there before, the top barns, there's usually all the sheep, all the goats up there. There's a show ring and an exercise pen. And this year, the top floor, there was no ring, no exercise pen, no free space. That place was full of stock. Um, seemed like more, the numbers were higher, and uh, just as the show day went, ultra, ultra competitive compared to years past, and just people, um, seems like they tried a little bit harder this year. Uh, did you have any of that pressure or thought in your head that, you know, this is a bigger deal than it usually is, or, or this is going to be a lot different, or anything like that? Oh, I always, if I can't get up in the morning to go judge a show and get excited, then I'm going to have to quit because, I mean, I was, I was, I was fired up. I was, I was looking forward to it. Of course, you, you know, I don't talk to many people before the show about, you know, who's going to be there, what's going to be there, how it's going to come down or how many hit or whatever. But I knew because of doing some alternative shows and what was going around the country and all these fairs getting canceled that the quality was pro I figured the quality was going to be up and the numbers were probably yeah. going to be up. And so, you know, just general uh, common sense, I thought, you know, this could be a, a really good show. And I, being from the Midwest originally, uh, I said it on the mic, and, and we, we all have our bucket list of shows we want to judge, and that's one that I hadn't got to judge, and it was always close to home. I uh, went to Kansas City several times after I moved down here and was working for the Wises, and it was always a very enjoyable, very fun show, and it was competitive. But I would have never, um, I would have never guessed it was as competitive, or would have been competitive as it was. I, I was really uh, first class come in, first division come in, then the second division. I mean, them first and seconds in that second division, I'm thinking, man, this is going to get really fun if this third, fourth, fifth division, if they continue to be this quality, and they did. And, and uh, it was it's always more fun to do those, and you always look forward to those. Um, but it was it was tasking, too. It was it was a job because I felt like it was it was a lot of splitting hairs and very uh, – the top four or five in some of those classes, there's lots of different ways you could have done things. And so you just try to uh, make those decisions based on uh, staying with uh, the trend or the quality that you're looking for, the qualities you're looking for, and try to stay with them throughout the classes. And you, it always comes together in the end if you do that. So Yeah. I mean, just looking at your, your division champions in that grand drive is actually the only part of the Sheep Show I got to watch that day. But 
so consistent. I mean, every one of them things looked like each other. They looked like you know extremely uniform. Um, but kind of the, like the question we asked earlier, do you think you know people had had it figured out what what the right kind to take that day was, or or did you notice that throughout the day, or was there kind of a lot of stuff to sort through and, and figure out to get those ones you had at the top? Well, you know, when a judge is going to go somewhere, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of talk before they go. I mean, I've been on both sides of that deal, and and everybody's calling everybody, and what will this guy use? What will that guy use? Or what about this? What about that? And so, I feel like with uh, the quality of people that are in the show barns today, that they they kind of honed in and dialed in on me based on maybe what I'd done at Fort Worth. Uh, what they'd seen me do in years past at state fairs and Midwest things probably doesn't doesn't hurt that you had the pre-sort deal and we talked about some of those things and so I feel like that that they sure they they came with a quality set of sheep and then again when you don't have some state fairs and those things don't you know don't go terminal and they get to show again if they're going to a alternative show and then you have some of them cancel and can't go anyway and you've got them from you know california to the east coast and from minnesota to texas there um those people are serious about it and and want to have fun but they want to win and so uh the quality definitely came i i can't say for sure what was the dynamics behind how all that happened but uh I think all those things we just talked about probably had something to do with it, but it's just it's fun when they feel like they can bring something to you and have you ch- have a chance. And I'm sure there were some disappointed and thought I'd do something different, but I really felt good with my lineup uh, in those divisions, champions and reserves, and through the day. So. so we talked about it when we were talking about the Doe kids at Georgia earlier. Your champion Doe came out of the second division, and you kind of found yourself thinking about her throughout the day. Um, at Kansas City, your champion Lamb came out of the sixth division. So uh, before the, maybe those those two heavyweight and last divisions came in, was there one that you were kind of just fired up about in those earlier divisions to you to to look, see later on, or or were you still kind of just waiting for one one to come out of the heavies that would just extremely excite you? No, I didn't. I don't. I don't ever wait for a heavy, and I'm not ever worried about the size or what size I use. Uh, I just, I just think you try to find a good one, you know. And and so, uh, you know, before the heavy came out, yeah, I had some favorites. I had some ones that I thought, you know, it's going to be cool to see them come back out for a champion drive, not knowing what my heavy was going to look at like at the time. But I try not to, to forward think too much on that and just just enjoy and try to get the right sheep to the top in each class and let that happen when it happens. You always have those things in back of your mind. And like I say, sometimes when they come back out there, uh, they come to fruition and you say, yeah, that's just how I thought they'd be. And sometimes they come back out there and say, you know, this one I like better than this one. And I didn't think it was going to be that way. But when I get them next to each other uh, and do my pluses and minuses, the pluses are on this one's favor. So, um, you know, the, the reserve division or the reserve overall, that one in class was, was just really cool. And I, you know, love that one for a division winner. But then when the heavyweight division came out there and I probably didn't, or I didn't know when we, until we came out for champion overall, um, when I saw the, the heavyweight out there in the drive, it just was like, you know, he's big, but he's good. He's, he's just really good everywhere. And I guess what was neat about Kansas City to me is I feel like that, that we've been getting these sheep 
just a little fat myself. I think that we've gone a little bit far with the finish. And as a judge, I, I don't like to use a fat sheet, but I think sometimes the quality, if you're going to use the best one, sometimes you weren't going to one trait fat and say, well, I can't not use this one because he's the best one everywhere else and he's a little fat. Yeah. Uh, to me, the cutability on that top end, it allowed you to put finish back into the game because of the quality. Yeah. Because you had so many that were big featured and well balanced and good bodied and could move and and uh, their skeletons were right and you handled them and you could make some decisions based on finish and maybe one other thing or two other things where before I felt like a lot of times I'd have to use sheep that maybe were a little fatter than I would have normally liked um and uh <laughs> And because they were the best one there, you know, there's no doubt. And so that was that was kind of when I really started judging and started getting into those hard classes. I thought, you know what, cutability and finish is is making a difference in these tougher classes now as we get these sheet bigger. And not that you don't ever put it into the balance. It's just that sometimes you waver a little bit. And I'm one of those guys that I don't like to box myself in with saying I'm going to use one between a tenth and three tenths or whatever because you never know what's going to happen when you get to the show. And then you can think one's three tenths and he's five tenths real easy. So I know you can, uh, depending on when they cut them and cooler and everything else. So I think that that it was neat, though, to be able to say, I, I feel like this one's leaner over his body. I think he's leaner over his top. I think he's more naturally wide because he's not as fat and shows me the width that the one in second, third, fourth, or fifth was. And and so, or the one that second, third, and fourth may not have been, they may not have, uh, oh, how do I want to put this? They just they they were wide, but were they wide because of fat, or were they yeah. wide because they were naturally it was just wide? More, more impressive when a lean one could could accomplish all those things, and it wasn't a fat one. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So we kind of talked about it earlier um, when when you get to those national shows, especially compared to the state of Texas. You know, fitting is kind of um, you know a little bit of a free for all, and there's different things you'll see. Like in Texas, there's no painting or coloring or anything like that, but at Kansas City and Louisville, like. These things, bodies, we're going to make, paint them white and, you know, black here and there. Um, do you ever factor that into your decision when you judge? Like, if you see one, does it maybe make you, you know, do you, do you search harder for those flaws that are trying to be hidden? Or, or does it just kind of just blend in everything else and you just evaluate them, you know, how they are and how they're presented in the ring, you know, for what they are? I try not to put too much emphasis or try to look for things wrong with them based on, the paint because or the color um i will say that there's some that were done real well and there were some that weren't you know and you try to look through the ones that aren't done good as a judge also yeah. and say you know if they wouldn't have painted him what would he look like or i mean because there's some of them got enough paint on them that to me it made their chest look deeper um, and there's some of them that get it just right, and you're like, okay, let's make sure this one's as shallow as I think he is or made like I think he is. And, and I think you just have to evaluate each animal, animal on its own and, and try not to let those things happen. Yeah, I kind of – I think it's the same way with a red goat or a black sheep or a blue sheep. I think there's times we stereotype them or we think that they're going to be this way or should be that way, and I think that it's the colored ones for some reason in the ring – 
are sometimes harder to read, especially from a distance. But as we get into close inspection or halfway in, to me, if you really try to give that one the benefit of the doubt and understand that, then you can really start analyzing them for what they are, and then you don't let it bother you, and you just go on with it. And I think it's the same way with paint. I think it's the same way. It's the same way with uh, feature. You know, we'll talk about feature and one being big-footed, big-boned, and one having a lot of shag. Well, those are all different. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's some of those that are, are refined when you really get under that shag and you've got to be able to identify that and you can look at the bone work other places and tell that and you can look at foot size to help you with that so i i think that that yeah it makes your job a little bit tougher to to try to read through those things but if you really know livestock and you're trying to look at livestock for what they are i don't i don't let them bother me i just go with the punches however whatever the show's rules are we'll roll with it and we'll figure out which ones are fine and which ones are deep chested and which ones are yeah yeah that's my job yeah so that was a long day uh six divisions highest numbers they've had in a while um i'm sure you were tired i mean it's not easy how many miles do you think you walked that day in the show ring oh i don't know it was funny because somebody told me that ripley had one of those watches on that tells him how far he went and he he went 11 miles, I think it was, and I said, well, I had to go close to 18 then because <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was more sheep. It was longer, and uh, and uh, it was, uh, and I was out there longer, which was partly just because of the dynamics of the way a sheep show goes. It usually takes longer to judge a sheep show than a goat show, uh, even if you have the same numbers. But um, it was it was grueling, uh, but it was it was very satisfying too you know you're wore out and tired at the end of the day uh but but when you get to look at that many quality animals and work with the the kids from all over the united states and and then you realize that this isn't happening anywhere that there are shows that are shutting down and aren't having shows and we were allowed to have this show thanks to glenn allen and his crew then i think that it helps put things in perspective. You you don't worry about being sore. You don't worry about those little things because the big picture was is this was a great event. We got a lot of good kids out there. We got to look at a lot of good animals. They had a sale, had a show. It wasn't an alternative show, and uh, the positives way outdo the, the sore legs and sore feet and sore back for a few days, and I'll get over that and be fine, and it'll all be good. So, And we are back. That was too loud. And we are back. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we also, I didn't mention in the intro, but there is a post sort from Steve on the Georgia National Goat Show in there as well. Uh, those guys down there in Georgia definitely take their goats seriously. Um, but that's it for this week. Um, episode will be out next week. I cannot pinpoint a day at this point. Um, it's pretty sporadic, but they will consistently be at least one episode every week for you guys. Be sure to check out Cannon Brown's podcast, the show with Cannon Brown as well. Uh, especially, definitely check out um, Cattle Pros with Jake Scott. Uh, he's a part of the Bear Media crew as well, and, and he has really informative, uh, uh, very to the point, and, and just really interesting content about the cattle industry. Uh, they really kind of crack it down and, and, and get down in, into the depths of the cattle world. Uh, also, Jenna Wheeler and Maddie Caldwell have a pretty insane podcast um extremely funny uh content is off the hook um 
God, dude, I forget. <laughs> it's like Collar Daddy, but live It's like Collar Daddy, but it's it's for livestock. Yeah, exactly. It's called the Keeper Pen. You guys will love it, I think. Um, I think, yeah, you'll like it. Check it out. See you next week.